Hello and welcome to the podcast, Inner City Spirit. I'm your host, the Reverend Hannah Elizabeth Atkins Romero, Rector of Trinity Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. We're in the 10th week, I think, of the pandemic. The church building is still closed. And yet, as we know, the church doesn't close. It's in the hearts of those working for good, working for truth, spreading the good news of forgiveness. I'll be talking today about the sixth station, no interviewee, just some thoughts that I have on my heart to share in this week of Pentecost. The Sixth station of the light is the risen Lord appears to the community of the disciples. The text is from Luke 24, verses 38 to 40. It reads, Why are you troubled, and why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. That is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. This pandemic has, in many ways, unfocused our attention as we're unmoored from the way we've known how to do things. And then in another way, it's focused our attention. We've had to really concentrate to be able to make changes that would have taken years. Businesses, churches, schools have had to adapt. And especially churches, I think, are sometimes... um, So the word isn't set in our ways as we've been filled and anchored and uh, comforted and encouraged and been able to take stands um, based on our experience of church and with church and with liturgy and with mission that if it's working for us, we don't want it to change. But everything's changed. We've had to focus on our families. We've had to focus on homeschooling. We've had to focus on um, getting food on the table if we've lost our jobs. And that focus on just surviving has sometimes led us to stop looking at things that are still happening and need our attention in the world. In the Gospel according to Luke and this sixth station, 
Jesus shows us his wounds to show us that the crucifixion and the resurrection did not wipe out the truth of the hurt and the cruelty that happens in this world. We've seen some of that cruelty as we hear the words of Mr. Floyd, who was kneed in the neck by a police officer in Minneapolis. And as he said, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, he died. We've seen some of that cruelty in Central Park, where a privileged white woman used her privilege to try to get an African-American man arrested for just asking her to follow the law and put her dog on a leash. He videoed her while she said, I'm going to call the police and tell him, tell them that a black man is attacking me. And she did. She called the police and said that. And even while he was videoing her, that was how strong her privilege was and her hate, her racism. The risen Christ showed his wounds to the disciples because he knew that we would experience wounds and wounding in our world. And that Jesus knows what it feels like. Christ knows what it feels like. And that also, we cannot give up and abandon the world to that cruelty, to all the isms, because we're scared or distracted or even tired. The wound that the world is reeling from these days, besides the incompetency of the handling of the virus and its spread here in the United States, where a fifth, we are a fifth of the world's population, but um, the majority of the world's cases, our proportions are all off in a country that is supposed to be one of the most advanced and is my country, which I love. This is a wound where arrogance allows us to say we're the best and follow leaders who ignore basic facts and allow people to get sick and die and this country which I love is also wounded by the racism that this week we see so manifest Human beings aren't automatically becoming better human beings because we are suffering this pandemic together. You have to work and make a choice every day. 
to do the right thing. And often we don't. I want to say that racism is not just an individual prejudice or individual privilege. It's a system that's reinforced by other systems that then reinforce individual I don't know what to say. This is an old type word, but individual wretchedness. And for anyone, but especially for people with privilege, we have to do one of the hardest things that we ever have to do, and that is to give up privilege. That old saying is to live simply so that others may live. I think that Christ showing us the wounds isn't just a cause for anxiety, depression, because solidarity is a light of Christ in a cruel world. And if we think of Christ being in solidarity with us, giving up his privilege as the word of God to take on the cruelty, the basest cruelty that systems of power and systems of fear and systems of fitting in and systems of everyone for themselves can dish out as they did in his day when they tortured and killed him, then the resurrection is at its core an act of solidarity Christ and compassion, Christ suffered with us. So I'm going to tell a very short uh, story about how I learned about racism in my life as a young woman in sixth grade. Some of you from Trinity may have heard this, but when I was in sixth grade, my family lived in Greensboro, North Carolina, and my, I had two older brothers, one biological and one adopted. The oldest, Henry, was biological. The second, um, who's just a year older than me, was adopted, Nathan, and he's black. He's African-American. And I had always been the better student. I kind of had a little arrogance about that. On this day... In Greensboro, North Carolina, when the Ku Klux Klan shot and killed uh, six union organizers at a downtown rally, I was in our house, and my brother Nathan came in after school, and he told me, he said, the Ku Klux Klan just shot and killed people downtown. And I said to him, the Klan doesn't exist anymore. That's what I'd learned in my advanced history courses in sixth grade. I was one of the good students in sixth grade. And he just looked at me and said, Hannah, don't be stupid. I was trying to make my education protect me from a truth I didn't want to hear, even at that young age. 
And he, of course, was right. And that day, I learned to listen, to experience, and not believe just one version, the official version of things that had been taught. My parents marched in the funeral march. It was a march because the police wouldn't give permits to the mourners. Episcopal church member was the cameraman who filmed the shooting. And that's recorded in a series 88, in a special called 88 Seconds in Greensboro. So this is my advice, grace, observation, tough learning. Just because we wish it away, think we're good people, or don't experience it ourselves, or have experienced bad things, being white, it doesn't mean racism doesn't exist. Racism is alive and well and killing our fellow human beings. We must speak from our own experience in order to shed light on the truth. And we must be humble and in solidarity and with great compassion as the resurrected Christ showing us his wounds so that we may believe that there is healing to be found. I love the song that April Sloan Hubert is singing. It's Ought to Be a Woman. Uh, The original version I heard was from Sweet Honey in the Rock. And it talks of a woman who needs to break who needs understanding, who carries a burden that is not hers to carry, but other people place on her. It's a lament. Appropriate for this week. A lament that this week, as we prepare to celebrate the feast of Pentecost, the feast of the the breath, the word, the advocate, the spirit of God, giving birth to a movement thousands of years ago. That breath of God that created everything, the word of God, Christ, that showed us how to be in God's way in this world, and that spirit that inspires and animates and gives us courage and hope, that God, that Trinity, the three in one, may we breathe life into those moments when our brothers and sisters are yelling, whispering, 
lamenting, I can't breathe. May we find ways to step in and breathe God's word of life and dignity into the systems that will kneel on them until they die. The resurrected one shows his wounds so that we may continue strong in the way of healing, the way of truth-telling, the way of life that overcomes the systems of death. I want to thank April Sloan Hubert, vocalist and co-director of the Trinity Jazz Ensemble, for her striking and beautiful a cappella version of Ought to Be a Woman. I'd like to thank Colin Boothby, her producer. And if you would like to hear other episodes, hear sermons, and look and see at the work that Trinity is doing, even during and because of the pandemic, you can go to our website at trinitymidtown.org. Lord!